Welcome to episode 12 of the Busted Buttons video game podcast. We got another great show today. I'm probably going, never going to acknowledge that we've ever had a bad show, so they're just all going to be great. But today we're going to talk some <laughs> GeForce Now. We're going to talk a little bit about video game sales in the month of March. We're going to talk about uh, MLB The Show. <laughs> you might be wondering why the hell. We'll get to that. We'll get and there. And then we're we'll going there. to talk about some games that Red has been lately. And then kind of just give an update on the games we're playing. And then we also might have some time. This will mostly be Red. We're going to talk about the Final Fantasy VII remake. But uh, wait, hold on a second, Red. Hold on. Get over here. Get over here. Sit down. Sit. You're not going to believe this, man. You're not going to believe this. Sit down. I am not done with you yet. You're Uh-oh. not going to believe this crap, man. GameStop is trying to sneak away <laughs> from the outline, man. You wait till I'm done with you. I'm not done with you yet. Oh, we're so, never done with yeah, GameStop. We are not done with GameStop. You sit right there, GameStop. <laughs> Do not try to sneak away from that outline. I see you. You have pissed us off again. Fucking GameStop. I don't know what it is with your uh. shit. But here we let's go ahead. Let's go right into it because I got GameStop. Sit down over here on a chair. Sit well, not a chair. It's on the light outline. <laughs> Imagine something sitting on an outline. That's what's going on right now. And George Sherman, CEO of GameStop, you're sitting right there too because you're a part of the fucking problem with all of this. But as y'all can tell, GameStop, it's riled us up again. I thought we were game, done with GameStop, but Red, let's just go ahead and jump on into it. And kind of, you know what? You take over. Just kind of talk about what's going on with GameStop this week and how they pissed us off again. Well, as usual, they're in the news for mostly the wrong reasons. Uh, first and foremost, you mentioned CEO George Sherman. He decided he was going to take a pay cut, 50% pay cut from whatever the hell his salary is. I didn't look too hard, but I'm sure it's, it's way more. It's in the millions, probably. Yeah, I'm sure it's way more than you and I will ever see in our lifetime. Yep. The other executive leaders took a 30% pay cut as well. This guy was appointed CEO in what, April of 19? Yep. So about a year ago. They have had one of the shittiest years <laughs> of a company I can imagine. A 50% pay cut is not fucking enough for Mr. CEO George Sherman. That guy should have been taking like a 90% pay cut from day two yeah. on the job. Because the news from GameStop, for the last, since he has taken over, and let's be honest, even before, but he has not improved it no. at all. It has just been bad news after bad news after bad news. And now... Not, you know, they took the pay cuts, which, you know, yeah, they're trying to help their profits. I get it. That's kind of admirable, you know, whatever. But now, fucking, they can't do one good thing without kicking themselves in the ass on the other (laughs) end. So, of course, they're saying, nah, we're going to start reopening some of our stores. A couple of the states I think they mentioned were what, Georgia and and, and South Carolina, I think was the other Mm -hmm. one. Anyway, it's like, dude, we are still in the middle of a fucking pandemic. And you're talking about opening a video game store? Come on, man. You try to do one good thing, and then you just bury it with this. Nope, we're opening stores. Yeah. We're George Sermon's taking a 50% cut, so he's only making, like, I don't know, what, three, four, five million right now, or some crap like that. Again, now, more than I'll see in a long, well, yeah. in a lifetime. Let's now, be here's the problem. Like, you know, Georgia, they've been talking about opening everything. Not everything, but a lot of businesses, like, you know, nail salons, barber shops, stuff like that. They talked about those opening up May 1st, so... You know, yeah, I want to bash GameStop, but at the same time, these other businesses are opening up. And I think GameStop, you know, I don't know why the hell did I turn so nice all of a sudden. Saying I was like, where did this go? I don't know. <laughs> I was not planning on going this direction, but I am trying to say that there are other businesses opening up. But I still don't think GameStop really needs to open up because I would say like a barbershop, 
is really more essential than a game store is right now. Because, you know, people need their haircut. You know, not everybody, like, everybody's been doing it at home. Some of them, if you've seen the pictures, not all of them have turned out great. So, (laughs) a barbershop, yeah, you might need a barbershop. That might be essential. Now, I don't know about a nail salon. A gym, not really essential. You can exercise different ways. But, again, I, I do understand it, but... Gaming, like you know, has went to digital, and you can't still get your gaming fix digital during this pandemic. And this is where I think GameStop has messed up. Like, yes, I understand you're a physical store, but I don't know exactly what they're doing digitally. But they've not done enough of it, and I don't they know exactly it. what they can do. But I feel like they can give out some, I don't know, digital codes or somehow work with the game publishers to get discounts, maybe something right? like that. But they've not done enough up until this point, like to be prepared for this. And yeah, while all these other stores are opening up, like you've already got a bad rap with all this essential crap and you're still trying to fight it. You're still trying to fight it. You are not fucking essential for working from home. So just stop it. GameStop. It's just, I mean, it's, it's just another piece of evidence of how desperate they are. And I know, yes, a lot of businesses are desperate right now. We're going on over a month now of people being quarantined or in this, you know, shelter at home, stay at home businesses being mostly shut. A lot of businesses being shut down. I get it. A lot of industries are hurting right now, but they're not all opening their damn mouth and sticking their foot in it quite the way that GameStop is. And I know a lot of States have their stay at home or shelter in place orders or shit set shit are set to lift (laughs) on May 1st. I can't talk. I'm, I'm worked up now. But uh, are set to lift May 1st. And I don't know about you, man. I just think that that is way too soon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know in the state we live in, the numbers still keep going up. And part of that's, you know, testing's getting more available. But still, it's like, I don't think we're at the point where it's time to flood streets and stores and businesses with a bunch of people again. And I know they keep talking about like a, a measured rollout, you know, like limited, still keeping crowds under a certain number, still try to stay apart from each other. You think people are going to obey that as soon as you say the bar's open? I know what I'm going to do when they say the bar's (laughs) open. My ass is going to go sit at the bar next to some other regulars. (laughs) That's the problem is when everything does open up, people are like, they're so isolated. They're so tired of it already that, yeah, they're not going to obey all the rules. They're going to want to go out. They don't care how many people are out. And I'm with you, not to get too much into the whole pandemic because we've already talked about it, but I'm with you. Like, we're getting new cases. Like I think Indiana got something like almost 400 cases. Like you said, there's more testing. So there's more coming out, but there was yeah. still like 400 cases in like a very short stretch. So this is not over yet. And so for the fact that all these places are opening up, I know people are struggling, but here is my concern is that if things do open up like this GameStop, you know, right. you're, the pro- you're part of the problem. You're not all the problem GameStop, but when it comes to gaming, <laughs> you are most of the problem. But anyways, in our little universe, they are most of the problem. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but here's what I'm worried about is like everything opening up and then like the pandemic peaking again, or going like rising again. And then right. we got what we got to do. We got to shut everything back down again. And if it, that happens, the second time is going to be a lot worse because we're going to Hell learn yeah. from our first mistakes and we're going to stay in isolation longer and my wife has been um, putting something on Facebook, I believe. I've not had a chance to read it, but something about the <laughs> Spanish flu back in the early 1900s where a lot of people had it and they tried to go back too quickly. And then the second like occurrence of it was a lot worse. And I think yeah. if things open too quickly, that's what's going to happen. That's what we're going to go through. And just and GameStop, you're part of this. You are fucking part of this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, well, GameStop is obviously a popular whipping boy of ours. Yep. We like we like to kick him when he's down. Red, which, Red, I, mean, I was so upset about all this that I searched Google Stadia just to see if there was any negative news <laughs> on Google Stadia, and there was not. I was like, damn, maybe next week, but go ahead. Well, that is a nice segue because while there may have not been bad news on Google Stadia, another game streaming service definitely took a little bit of a, a kick here recently. Um, NVIDIA's GeForce Now has more publishers that are pulling its games from the service. I think uh, recently they lost uh, Xbox Game Studios and Warner Brothers Interactive, which, of course, Xbox Game Studios has your Halos, your Gears of War, Forza. Uh, Warner Brothers had the the Batman Arkham games, which have been hugely popular for almost a decade now, going all the way back to Arkham Asylum. The Mortal Kombat games are on Warner Brothers. So GeForce Now, like I said, we don't have Stadia to beat up like we'd like to, but GeForce Now is doing a nice job of filling in. And it's just, I kind of get it from Xbox's standpoint because I know that with you know the Series X and all that, they're trying to get their own streaming service yeah. really up and going. I get it, but man, GeForce is just fucked up its entire rollout. It seems like every other week there's an item on our outline about another publisher yep. pulling out. And it's just, it's sad because I think the positives are there with GeForce now. You don't have to buy the game again. You pay a little bit of a subscription. You can play it on just about whatever you want. And it's just, they they fucked up. They didn't talk to the publishers. Yeah. It's that simple. It's, uh, anyway, I need a beer. <laughs> Man, <laughs> like, you know, but I'm worried about where this is going because we're seeing this a lot with video streaming. It's where these own companies are opening up their own streaming services, the best one recently being Disney Plus, and they're putting oh, yeah. all of their stuff on there. And then, like, you know, they're not allowing Netflix or Hulu to have it. It's only on that app. And it sucks. And I really hate this because, one, I like going to one app and getting, you know, everything. Now, I know yep, yep. that's impossible with video stream, but that's, I would like everything to be on Netflix or Hulu, but you're seeing these Disney Plus, like, you know, in a lot of the national t- television stations like ABC. NBC, I don't know if they're doing it yet, but I think they're talking about doing it. They are, yeah. And we're just we're seeing this, and I'm worried that this is going to carry over to gaming, where you and know I Xbox is going to have their X Cloud. You know, PlayStation's going. Yep. I think it's PlayStation now, correct? Is that the streaming yep. one? Okay, yep, that's right. And then, well, Nintendo doesn't have anything. Good job, Nintendo. Get on that shit, <laughs> Nintendo. But like, we're both. The console makers, you know, Nintendo, uh, well, not Nintendo, well, no, it is Nintendo, Nintendo, Sony, <laughs> and Microsoft. For some reason, I thought Nintendo wasn't the company there for a second because, well, because PlayStation is Sony, Xbox is yep. Microsoft, so I thought Nintendo was something else. But no, Nintendo <laughs> is Nintendo. 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 But no, I'm just worried about them and then also some of the game publishers like Ubisoft, even though I think they're like one of the main people on GeForce Now. But I'm worried about all of them like kind of doing their own streaming thing. And the next thing you know, you got to pay $5 here. You got to pay $5 here. $5 over here. And it becomes too much because, one, you got to have all these apps. Two, you got to download all these apps. Three, you got to have a place, you know, under desktop or whatever with NVIDIA GeForce Now. It would be under desktop. But somewhere to put all these apps and then you got to pay for all of them. And then people are sitting here bitching about cable. Well, when you got to buy 20 fucking apps, it's the same price. So what's the big difference? But... so, you know, that's why I don't pay for fucking Nintendo Online. It's another subscription. You Red, see, don't get me started. Around. I'm already pissed off about GameStop. You're, Do not get me started my on Nintendo Switch here. Online. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because we've already seen, like you said, the video streaming services really start to go this way. And another realm that's kind of gone this direction is PC games. Like, it used to be... To buy PC games, you almost had to go through Steam. 
Like they were the gorilla in the room. Yep. They were the one storefront. If you wanted to be profitable, your game had to be on Steam. Then EA came out with Origin and Ubisoft came out with Uplay. And, you know, uh, uh, Blizzard Activision has Battle.net. And, and now we've got, you know, uh, Epic Games. I mean, all these different storefronts and they all have their various advantages and disadvantages, both for customers and for the people selling the game. So like on the one hand, I think the competition and the options are good for innovation and things like that. It forces them all to try to be better. But as a consumer, I'm with you. I miss the days where Netflix had everything streaming that I wanted to see. Steam had every video game on the PC that I wanted to buy. I mean, I, cause that's one of the big reasons we cut the cable cord, right? We are tired of paying 150 bucks for yeah. 500 channels. We're never going to fucking watch. And unfortunately now with both games, whether it's buying them on PC or streaming them, it looks like we're going the direction of we're like you said, you're getting nickel and dime now to the point that, yeah. you know, you're going to end up paying the 150 bucks anyway. Yeah. And I get that at least we have a little more say we have a little more control over what we decide you know, I can choose to do Netflix and not Hulu. I can choose to, you know, stream on, you know, Xbox Cloud and not on, you know, GeForce Now. But it's, it's the fact it's that nickel and diming and that Nintendo one is the one that finally pissed me off. I'm like, just put the virtual console out there. I'll give you five bucks a game if you put the whole virtual console yeah. out there. So that's a whole different rant and tangent that we'll get pissed off about. So. <laughs> yeah. But I think... We spent our first what twelve thirteen minutes here talking about we're all bad salt news. we're all salty man we're just I know. salty let, and grumpy let, but that's what makes us happy so I I don't know <laughs> sometimes it's nice to vent especially when we've been cooped up in our houses for almost six weeks or longer now yep. it's nice to vent every now and then so that's enough of the bad news how about we talk about some good news let's talk about March video game sales yes numbers. sir. Oh, I was hoping you'd go ahead and start talking. Oh, okay, it's on me. Okay, I can talk for a little while. That's no problem. Um, but anyways, like talking. the March, and this is not shocking whatsoever, but the sales for a March digitally, not not physically, because you've heard GameStop bitching about not being able to sell physical games. So this is what's happened. But uh, anyways, digitally, the games did very well. Like I said, not shocking with the whole pandemic. People are staying in. People aren't going out to shitty places like GameStop to get their physical <laughs> games and talking to douchebags like George Sherman. But yep. <laughs> anyways, um, but it was just kind of cool to see because it's the biggest, I think, um, is a 35% increase over last year's March. And it's also the biggest March that the game in industry has had since 2008, which I believe that was kind of near the recession. I'm not sure if the recession and unemployment had anything to do with that, but it's been Probably like, 12, it's bit. like the biggest month well i guess the biggest march in 12 years so like you know with yeah it sucks to see people struggling it sucks to see all the unemployment going on out there it sucks to see all the businesses like you know just having a hard time yeah but you know yeah. at least there is some bright news like you said some positive news in that the video gaming video games in the gaming industry did see a huge increase in march and it's really in my opinion help people get through some of this pandemic and Absolutely. people that got away from gaming were able to get back to it. So maybe they find their love again for gaming. So, you know, in a very dark time, I think gaming has been a very good bright spot. You're absolutely right. And it's not just maybe like people who used to be gamers lost the love for it and came back to it. Seeing families play games together now, because yeah. what the hell else are you going to do when you're stuck in the house? Talk to each other? You talk about your day. It's terrible. <laughs> Yeah. Throw in yeah. a nice it's Seinfeld a good reference Seinfeld. there. I'm but just not going like, to say anything right there. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. 
<laughs> but it's like it is great to see that at least this industry can help like kind of fill that void that people have. And you, I see the Facebook posts, the Twitter posts, all this stuff now. People playing games with their spouse who maybe never game before, getting their kids into it a little more. And, you know, of course... Nintendo games are perfect for that, but there's a lot of good casual games out there, whether it's on, I don't care if it's on your cell phone or a freaking Xbox One X, you know, if you're playing games, I support it. You get your family playing games, you know, I think that breeds some healthy, like, it's fun to smack talk to your, you know, your significant other, your kids, you know, as long as you keep it, keep it decent. But, you know, it's fun to have something competitive, just some kind of outlet like that. So you're not just stuck sitting there pent up and pissed at the world because like you said, it's kind of a shitty time. So I was happy to see some of those sales numbers and it does make sense because you cannot find a damn Nintendo switch anywhere. No, apparently their March was also like record setting for consoles. And you're like, we're how many, what three years into the Switch's life cycle. And it's still setting records because what do people want to do? Play some family friendly video games. You can play them on the go while you're, or at, on the, not on the go right now, but on the couch while someone else is we watching. Still on the go. On the I mean, you can go out to like fields and stuff. Like, well, that's true. Going to the field, but you can go out other places and still, <laughs> you know, be farther than six feet away from people. So you can still yeah. take it on the go, just not maybe the way you would in normal life. You're not going to the bar to play. So. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> but so one little quirk though that kind of came out of those sales numbers, and we mentioned it there in the intro a little bit though, that kind of caught both of our attention. The top two selling games in March weren't really a big shock. I mean, you had Animal no. Crossing New Horizons. You know, it's a first-party Nintendo game. The way Switches are selling right now, not a surprise at all. And then, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, also not a surprise. Year after year, it's one of the most popular franchises. Even now, it seems like its peak was like eight years ago, but it's still going really strong. But number three on the list. Well, yeah, well, well hold on a second. With Call of Duty, you had that whole Warzone thing that came out in the free-to-play. Oh, oh, right, the, so I think that's why... Maybe those numbers helps. jumped up a little bit because, yeah, it's free to play, but then you got all the microtransactions. So yeah. I think that's why I see that there, but go ahead. Now, I was going to say, but number three, how about MLB The Show? First of all, it is a PlayStation exclusive, which granted that didn't stop Animal Crossing as a Nintendo exclusive. No. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just weird to see a non-Madden or yep. NBA 2K sports game be that high on the sales. And it's it, it caught your attention first. Definitely. And then I looked into it. I'm like... Wow, what the hell? So, how about we talk a little bit about MLB The Show? Yeah, I mean, I was really shocked when I saw that because, like I said, usually for sports games, you see FIFA, uh, Madden, or NBA 2K. So, when I saw that, I was like, what? And then I was like, okay, there's maybe a couple reasons why that happened. One, I think it was, I think it came out around March or April. So, you know, it's a newer game. It's still a newer game. So, that's one reason why it could jump so high. Two, baseball is about to start and it didn't. So, that could have helped its sales. Um, but really, it's just I still think it's just kind of random, and I don't exactly understand it. Yeah, there's some reasons that you can give for it, but to be the top third-selling game like during this whole pandemic, that is absolutely shocking. Now, here's one thing I will say. I played MLB The Show. I believe it was 18. It was like right there I got the PlayStation. I absolutely loved the game. Like the oh, only yeah. reason I didn't, you know, it kind of gets a little bit redundant. But what I yeah, loved about it was... Baseball. That's baseball in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. When you play that game, like, you don't play a full game. Like, it just goes, like, when you go to bat, like, that's when you play. And then yeah. in the field, like, it doesn't go through every batter. It just takes you to the batter, like, the simulation, however that works behind the scene. It takes yeah. you to wherever you're part of the play. So all you're doing is hitting base. Like, you're going up there, swinging the bat. And then on defense, like, whenever the ball's coming to you or you're part of a double play, 
that's when the game would like, you know, that's when you would play the game. And so that's you actually cool. could go through games very fast because you were not going through a full game. Now, the reason that I didn't keep on playing MLB the show and they might have changed this is because like you couldn't really select who you got drafted by. Like if my favorite mm. team is the Cubs, which it is like if I'm playing MLB the show, I want to be drafted by the Cubs. That's yeah. why you select the favorite team. And when I get done my triple A, you know, my single A, my double A and my triple A, I want to go to the Cubs. And when you send me to the freaking Oakland Athletics, which is like the <laughs> worst place to play fucking baseball. And I got to play like 90, was it uh, 80 games in that stadium. Oh, I was upset. I was Some, upset. Somewhere man. we have a fan in Oakland that's writing an angry letter <laughs> yeah. at us right now. <laughs> but that's the reason I, I quit playing it. But my opinions of the game are very high, even though I've not continued to play it. So, but really, I mean, do, do you have any reasons for why it's the third highest ceiling? Like, I gave you a couple out. Do you have any more or anything that you can think of? Well, one thing that actually caught my eye, because, of course, you know, ESPN has been desperate for any kind of content. Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw a, not a not a video, but like a, a news blurb type thing. Apparently, there are uh, 30 major league players. You get one from each team who is actually doing an MLB sh- the show season and they're streaming it on like Twitch, Facebook, you know, whatever other streaming platforms there are. We are not streamers in case you couldn't tell. We sound ignorant yep. sometimes. When yeah, we I don't think Facebook it. is streaming, but it might be. I don't know, but I don't think I it think is. I think you can. Maybe YouTube. I don't know. Anyway. But so, definitely Twitch but and YouTube are definitely there. But Yeah, so apparently like 30 MLB players and some of them are stars. I was kind of digging into this a little bit. Like you have uh, shit, like Fernando Tatis, the really popular young guy, uh, 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 the pitcher for the the Rays. I'm, I'm drawing names. I'm not a huge baseball. I love fan, that so you I tried started. to go through baseball and start naming players, and you got right. to one, and that's all. I got. You're like I got one. Hey, There's Chris 30 Carpenter. players. There's Chris a Carpenter bunch of stars, of and you name off one. Yeah. Sorry, Chris Carpenter <laughs> from the Cardinals was one, so I got, I got two. So. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Juan Soto was another young name that is doing it. So anyway, but the point is like. I love that th- these people are losing their seasons like in real life. So why not do something like this where you play like a quick abbreviated season just online on a video game yep. and you stream it, you know, either do it for charity, do it for to raise money for first responders or for your like the ballpark people who are now out of yeah. a job because the season's canceled, the arena workers, the stadium workers. I love the idea that they're doing something like that and I wonder if that kind of activity isn't helping get some awareness and popularity Could be. to the game, and that's what helped push it up the sales charts a little bit. I know that, like like you said, you lo- you've enjoyed the game. It's always reviewed well. It's always been considered one of the best sports games, and, and somehow it's always been an exclusive up until next year. It's finally going to go multi-platform. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think uh, Xbox or I think MLB finally like negotiated some rights with Microsoft or something. But anyway. I mean, it's like really, it's the only baseball game, kind of like Forza is, is the only racing game. And all you other racing games and publishers out there, they're saying, "Oh, we're a racing gamer." No, you're not. <laughs> Forza is it. That's where it's at. That's where it's going to stay. And like when it comes to baseball, MLB the show that is really the one franchise, and they do a really good job. Whoever makes yep. it the game, I'm not sure who makes the game. I, I'm not sure either. It's not EA, but I'm it's really sure good. But I would just like to see other sports leagues try this. Like, yep. get some NFL players, one from each team, to play a freaking uh, uh, Madden tournament or season, whatever. Get some FIFA players out there and play your own Champions League. I mean, we're all missing out on our sport. Those of us who are sports fans, anyway, are missing out on sports hardcore right now. And yes, watching these guys play video games is not the same. But look at esports. 
People love watching people play video yep. games. Look at Twitch. It's a billion dollar platform now. I mean, I think it's a great way to keep people talking about your sport, talking about your team. And if it raises money for a good cause, like, like I said, do it for charity, do it for stadium and arena workers, do it for first responders, whatever. Like, and plus it brings attention to the video games. I mean, clearly it's not hurting MLB the show because yeah. it's sitting there in third in sale. <laughs> but they'd be making a lot more money though if the MLB season was going on. But you know what? At the same yeah. time, you can say that about all the sports leagues. You can say that about all the businesses that are struggling. So, you know, you just try to do your best to get by and kind of create something differently during this time that you might not do otherwise, obviously, because it's a very weird and unique time. But let's kind of keep this yeah. good news train rolling because, man, we were real salty and negative in the beginning. <laughs> but um, a few <laughs> yes, weeks we ago, were. and I'm going to kind of let you talk about this because I know nothing about this. But um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> we got the release of one of the most anticipated games of the year, the Final Fantasy VII Remake. So kind of just go ahead. What do you want to say about it? So full disclosure, first of all, I have not played the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I never played the original Final Fantasy VII but I just know from you know the gaming websites, our Discord server, just the general chatter that it is it has been on everyone's radar for a long yep. time. Like it's greatly anticipated. The original Final Fantasy VII is considered one of the most like popular games ever. So this release was a big deal, and it has reviewed well. I mean, I think uh, right now today it was sitting at like an 88 on Metacritic, so that's pretty damn good. Yep. It's not quite you know game of the year type thing, but it's pretty freaking good. Everyone who's talked about it, who's played it on our Discord server, has been very happy with it. I've heard nothing but love for it. It seems like the uh, the updated visuals that they've gone for, they really hit the mark. They've made the world and the characters look really gorgeous. And they've also kind of used this opportunity to flesh out some of the side characters and the rest of your party a little bit more. Just give them a little more personality, give them a little better story. So first things first, I, I, I'm happy to hear all the positives for a game. I know a lot of gamers have fond, fond memories of the yeah. original Final Fantasy VII. So I'm excited to hear that the uh, that the remake is doing well. People seem to love it. Even though I haven't played it, I have some thoughts, though. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. I so, mean, I don't really have anything to say because I know nothing. I mean, I have heard a little bit about it. Um, I'm not really a fan of the JRPG, although I've heard they kind of changed that in the remake a little bit. I don't know if that's correct or not, but... I'm not really a fan of that whole turn-based style gaming. Yeah. Um, you know, I played like one or two games like that. I played uh, one of the Fire Emblem games. I, it's on 3DS. You played Awakening I back on the uh, 3DS, right? What, what was? Yeah, yeah. I think it was on a 3DS. But yeah. um, I, hell, I don't know, man. It was so long ago. <laughs> but like, I'm just really not a fan of it. Um, I might try one day. But like, I kind of talked about like I at this point in my life, like I am willing to try new things. Like I tried Animal Crossing, loved it for three days. Fourth day, I was like, I don't feel like paying off debt. I'm done. Um, so, you know, but I'm willing to try things, but I also usually know what I will and will not like. Yeah. And so yep. I don't think JRPGs are for me. Um, but find a game, I might give it one more shot. Um, but like I said, I don't think the game is based that way. And it kind of changed some things and maybe you've probably looked into this more, but it's kind of yeah. more like episodic. Um, they kind of just change, you know, I don't know what else they changed. I'm trying to look <laughs> through the notes, but there's so many fucking words. I can't pick out the little important, uh, bold points and everything. So just go ahead. <laughs> well, it's so as, as most people know, they took final fantasy seven and turned it into an episodic release. Like this first game, even though they're still charging 60 fucking dollars for it, is basically the intro. And for how much work they've done, I will I will say, or it looks like they've done just from, like I said, from reviews, from some gameplay videos, it looks like the work they've done kind of justifies 
hey, we can't develop this entire game the way we want to into one game. It would take 20 years to put the damn thing out. So I'm the episodic thing rubs me a little bit the wrong way because it does feel like a cash grab. I'm like, you guys managed to make this all into one game in the PlayStation era. Granted, I know it was on multiple discs back then because it was just CD-ROMs. It wasn't even damn Blu-rays back then or whatever kind of discs they're putting games on. But to me, it sounds like a cash grab. You know, we've already bashed GameStop for their cash grab, so I'm going to bash, I think it's Square Enix. So I didn't like them breaking it up. And then when I heard that this, you know, episode one, whatever you want to call it, is only like the opening city of the yeah. full of the original game. Everything I've read is like that opening city, I think it's called Midgard, took like four to six hours to play in the original. Yeah. And somehow they have managed to pad that and stretch it into a 40 hour full release. And I'm like, okay. Like I said, they've they've developed the characters a little bit more, probably a lot more side missions. It sounds like it looks beautiful. That sounds like there's going to be so much filler. Like, I can't imagine yeah. stretching four to six hours into a 40-hour slog. To me, that sounds like so much overkill. And, it, it, and one of the best analogies, I saw it on Twitter. I cannot remember who it was. But they said it's like when uh, Peter Jackson took a kid's book in The Hobbit and stretched it into three three-hour-long movies. <laughs> yeah, <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that's one of the biggest criticisms of The Hobbit. It's like the book did not have this much stuff in it. So... I'm looking at like, how do you take a four to six hour intro and make it into a 40 hour full, you know, quote unquote full game without so much filler and padding that it just becomes redundant and you get burned out on it. So, and I know you kind of hit on this a little bit. They did change their combat system from the traditional turn based to kind of the more real time uh, combat, the more recent Final Fantasy games have had. And I, I know people who are fans of the original system and fans of those old, like, Super Nintendo era uh, JRPGs, your Final Fantasies, your Chrono Triggers, who love that turn-based system. Yeah. And it's in such a beloved game, and you change it that radically. It's like, I, I can see why it took them so long to develop this, because they changed so much. But it's just, to me, it, it, it I, I don't know. It does yeah. feel like a money grab. It does feel like they're trying to do too much with it. And and change too much. I mean, I'm yeah. All but here's the thing. Okay, games. I, I, I did not know all this. Like, this was actually news to me. Like, I kind of looked at it like episodic. I was like, I don't know exactly what that means. I did a little bit of research on it, but yeah, I had no idea. Like, you even had the note about like you know the intro being four to six hours, but stretching out to forty. Yeah. I thought this was the full game. Oh like, hell no! I've not looked into. <laughs> I thought this was the full game. And so when you're sitting here telling me that this is basically just the intro that they stretched out, like I'm against this idea now. Like, I know people right. are loving it and stuff, but... Okay, first of all, a cash grab between Final Fantasy and Square Enix is a lot different than these douchebag CEOs <laughs> at GameStop, okay? So, That's fair. don't you That's dare fair. compare them to GameStop. But anyways, it does feel... I wouldn't necessarily call it... Okay, I understand your cash grab point, but at the same time, they have made the game beautiful. They, I'm sure they've put the time into it and everything, but it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. Just I, I don't know. Like I don't really know much about Final Fantasy. I never played a game, but everything you're telling me, like I'm just kind of like, I'm good. Like, how are you gonna give me a remake when it's actually not a remake of the entire game? It's just a remake of, like you said, the intro basically. And they have yeah. CDs should well digitally. You can download the whole thing digitally. Now it might be, be two hundred gigabytes or something <laughs> like that. But you can usually put a large game. Like I mean, look at the games we have out now. Like you know, Witcher Three, 
Red Dead Redemption Two. Like you can put large games on discs now. So yeah, no, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling any of this idea. But like you know what? Let's go ahead and switch it up from a game that neither one of us have played, and let's talk about what we're playing right now. And I'm gonna let you have the floor right here because I know you want to talk about. You finally beat Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze 20 years after its release. So, um, kind of, what was your experiences with that? Like, I mean, did you enjoy it? Did you not enjoy it? Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. Like, Donkey Kong Country was the first game I ever played on the Super Nintendo. It was, it was the game that sold me and one of my brothers on, like, saving up the allowances and all that shit and getting a Super Nintendo. So, that franchise will always have a very, very special place in my heart anyway just from like those old days. I thought the original Donkey Kong Country and the second one, Diddy's Conquest, are like two of the best Super Nintendo games. But Tropical Freeze, first of all, Nintendo continues to nail their art style. Like it is unbelievable to me that they can make games this gorgeous when everyone's like, yeah, you know, you know, photorealistic graphics, you know, ray lighting and all the, you know, HDR, all this stuff, which is great for some games. But Nintendo, with their, you know, quote unquote, inferior hardware, continues to put out absolutely gorgeous games. I mean, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is a 2D platformer, and it is stunningly beautiful. The backgrounds of the levels are so detailed with that Nintendo art style. It blows my mind that they can do it. The difficulty level is, okay, it's a challenge. It is yeah. not an easy game. There are some levels I dropped probably 40 lives. I'm looking at you every single rocket barrel level. <laughs> <in the game. laughs> yep. But it's just, it it continues to be like, it keeps that old school 2D platformer charm. And yet it still kind of innovates a little bit because there's always some new twists. There's always some new uh, just mechanics that they introduce. So I absolutely loved it. You're right. It's originally a Wii U game. I finally went back to and uh, got on the Switch. I was going to say, man, I I remember like getting you drunk. I don't know if I got you drunk. You were just getting drunk yourself. Probably. I was the one talking (laughs) you into buying Donkey Kong uh, Country Tropical Freeze. That was before I think I was even married, man, when you did that. Oh, it's been a while. And like you're still, like you're just finally getting around to playing it. So I was like about, you know, about damn time. But like I said, it's a, I mean, I played it a long, long time ago. You probably played, you played the Wii U version, right? Yeah, I played the Wii U. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's a Switch version. You know what? Yep. If it's a good price, I might think about Guinness. You know, $20. Don't... It's still 55 It's a Nintendo first-party game. They never fucking go on sale. <laughs> I know, I know. But it's a game that came on the Wii U, but I absolutely loved it. Like I said, the game is beautiful. And that whole tropical and then the freeze, like those two different elements play out so well in the game. It did. And, like, you know, it's, like I said, a great art style, beautiful Nintendo. We know what they do. They do it well. 2D platformer, like, you know, yes, it's difficult, but it's not as difficult as some of these damn 2D platformers or in the Blind Forest. Ravel. I don't know if Ravel's difficult, but I struggled with Ravel. And then there's another. Celeste uh, is a big one. Yes, yeah, Celeste is a difficult one. You know, like, so, like, yeah, it's difficult, but it's not difficult. <coughs> Sorry, Red. No, allergies You went again, down the man. wrong pipe there, right? <laughs> yeah. I try not to do it, but sometimes you just get to that point where, man, you just lose your voice and you just hey, got just tag, Just tag me in if you got to. Yeah, yeah, but, um. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just nice to, yeah, it's difficult, but it's still, even though I never beat it, I got to the final boss, and I could not beat that final boss. Oh, he was hard. Me, man. And I don't know how many tries I gave it, but it was a decent amount of tries. And I could just, yeah. like, they'll, you know what pisses me off about Donkey Kong is those two hits. Like, you get two, I think oh, maybe four sometimes. But, like, you only get, like, two or four hits, and then you're yep. dead, and just, it's, like, I need more hits. 
I need like more hits on me before I die. That's why right. I never like Call of Duty and I loved Halo so much because I could get shot like 50 times in Halo and still not die. And that's what I needed. And in Donkey Kong Country <laughs> Tropical Freeze, I needed something like that where I didn't die so quickly. But all my thoughts are the same as yours. No, I didn't beat it, but I did get to the final boss. So in you my opinion, it. I did you experience the it. game and like everything you said about it. I absolutely love, but you also just got done recently. You've been you're being a lot of games. You got done recently with Assassin's <laughs> Creed Origins, not Origins, Origins. <laughs> so kind of talk about like you know what are your thoughts on that? Like, did you enjoy? it? Did you not enjoy it? Well, I know I've talked about it a little bit the last couple episodes because I mean it literally is a eighty to hundred hour game. I I loved the world. The Egyptian world was beautiful. The story was a good classic revenge story. For like nine tenths of the game, the la- the ending, I won't spoil anything more than I did drunkenly on Twitter the night I beat the game. But, <laughs> but like the ending kind of goes off the rails at the end, which I feel like is a little typical of Assassin's Creed games because they try to mix yeah. too much of the current day and the past and all that crap. But it is definitely, it was worth playing and I think it evolved the Assassin's Creed formula just enough to keep it fresh because it's my third Assassin's Creed. I know a lot of people out there have played every one, and I don't know how you don't get tired of them. Yeah, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. Well, if you've I been just, playing them as they've come out, like it's not as big as of a as big true. of a deal because they're released. I'm not sure, but you know, every two three years, maybe more than that. But I mean, I yeah, there's been eleven now, installments. Yeah. But if you're spacing them out, you can play them. But go ahead. Yeah, it's just it was one of those where at first I was trying to do all the side quests because I did really love the story and the world and and like I know I talked a little bit about like the socio economic stuff and it's like I enjoyed all of but fi- I hit my wall. I finally got to the point where like I'm tired of clearing out enemy camps and and rescuing yeah. captives, blah blah blah. And it it took eighty hours. So I will give the game credit. I loved exploring that world for almost a hundred freaking hours. So before I finally said I just want to go finish it. So it uh I, it. Of the three Assassin's Creed Origins of games, I or, sorry, Assassin's Creed games I played, I'd probably put it second. I still like the pirate setting of Black Flag, yeah, but I thought it was better than Syndicate. Um, as much as I enjoyed like the Victorian era England as well, but it was mechanics wise, I thought it was the strongest. Just setting wise, I kind of preferred the pirates a little bit. So kind of brings up a conversation from last week, really, where we're talking about how many games should you play at, like one time. Like, you know, you talk about getting like 80 hours into it and kind of hitting your point, like, you know, with all these camps and everything, which yeah. I kind of understand because I'm going through the same issue. I wouldn't say the same issue, but I already kind of see it like with Odyssey yeah, where like, yeah. you know, there's going to be a lot of that. And like, I don't mind it right now, but you know, it will get kind of old. And the same thing happened in my favorite game ever, Witcher 3. Like we got the Skellige and you had all those yes. smuggler catches or cotches or whatever they're called. What's, what's the pronunciation on that one, Red? Cat? I think it's just cash. Catch okay, whatever. I think so. But um, I think, like there was a too many of those, and so like you know, I kind of got away from that. Just said, okay, I'm going to go on and beat the game. But like I said, kind of going back to our conversation on last week, we're talking about how many games should you play. Which you know, I started there, and I got off tangent, and now I'm back here. <laughs> I'm back there now. I am back there yep. now. That's why I love at least having two games to play because yeah. you can kind of break that rhythm a little bit. Like I'm playing uh, Odyssey right now and Control. So when I kind of get tired of that whole open world thing and go into all these camps and the question marks and everything, I can turn on control, you know, go shoot some people, a very yep. linear game so far. I'm not very far in it. So that's why I think it's always great to have two games because did you play like 80 hours straight up, like without a break or did you have other games in between there? Uh, I was mixing it in a little bit. I was playing uh God, what the hell was I playing? Uh, shoot. I was, Oh no, hell. I pretty much just focused on that. I was playing a little bit of donkey Kong country here and there, but that'd be more just yeah. like 
play a couple levels, get pissed off at Donkey Kong Country for killing me over and over, <laughs> yeah. and go back to uh, Assassin's Creed. So I actually did, part of it, of course, is being in this uh, stay-at-home thing where you just sitting yeah. down and exploring an open world. It's a great way. You know, I live by myself. I'm not in the same boat with you, with the kids, the spouse, all that. Like, so for me, I can just sit here and get lost in an open world for, you know, four or five hours yeah. an evening, you know, because God knows we don't work during work hours because we're working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't so. play. You don't play during game hours because you're working. You just said well, I don't I, work during working hours because sorry, we're working. we don't play during work hours. Sorry, that that is absolutely. Sometimes I don't know. Some of these games feel like work every now and then, but but no. So I actually did kind of do Origins pretty much straight. Um, and once I was done with it, though, I had to go. To, I had to do a palate cleanser. I had to yeah. knock out something linear and quick. And you actually turned me on to uh, Uncharted: The Lost Legacy. Which you've spoken very. No, Chloe's about. ass turned you on to the Lost Legacy. That's what <laughs> turned, turned you on to that game. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, it's like it's just it's more Uncharted, and that is exactly what I needed after a long open world game. Like yeah. Uncharted has puts the fucking fun in video game. Like they're just perfectly fun games. They're the summer blockbuster of video games. You know the writing. Yeah. Of between the characters is really good. The worlds are beautiful. You know, the stories are a little out there, of course, because they kind of get into, you know, the treasure hunting and all this. Yeah. Some of them kind of hit on some supernatural stuff. Don't get me wrong, but there's still a, just a ton of fun and, you know, a quick eight to 10 hours. I think I put in like just under 10 hours yeah. into Lost Legacy to beat it. And I absolutely loved it. And I think at some point, kind of like we did with God of War a couple episodes of our podcast back we will probably spend one talking about the Uncharted oh. series because I know we both loved it. If I'm We will mistaken. definitely talk about the whole <laughs> franchise uh, on an episode and maybe even talk about one or two games for a full episode. We might break up a little bit because if you all not had a chance to play the Uncharted franchise, go play it. I actually believe that the uh, Nathan Drake collection, which is one, two, and three, I believe that may be free on PlayStation if you're part of the uh, PlayStation Plus network, which is basically their uh, their subscription service. Yep, for like yep. you know the sixty dollars subscription service that you have, um, I, I believe it's free. I'm not positive. I can't remember uh, exactly when that went on sale, but um, I think it's free it right now. Through, I think, I think it's it runs free. through April. I, yeah, I, I think I it runs through April. Actually, I think it like goes like five or six days in the May. Actually, but oh okay, well, if, hey, that's even go more check, time. If you're a PlayStation Plus member, actually, if you're not a PlayStation Plus member, become a PlayStation Plus member just so you can get the Nathan Drake collection for free. But I would highly, highly yep. recommend that because the Uncharted franchise. I absolutely had a blast with it. All the games Same. I believe are, well, they didn't, the first games didn't come out until the PlayStation three, but I believe that they still might've been remastered in the collection. Do you know? Yes. Uh, one, two and three were all remastered. And then four was a PlayStation four game. And then, uh, the lost legacy was PlayStation four as well. So I mean, they did remaster still, all three of them. Yeah. yeah one the is still three. a little rough around the edges, but it still yeah, yeah. looks good. But like, I mean, you could play through them. They're not that old of games. Each game is really, I would say, ten to let's give it ten to fifteen hours, depending on how much explore. There's not a lot of exploring because it's a linear game, but They're there are linear, some things yeah. <laughs> that you can kind of go out of your way to do a little bit. Highly recommended. Like I said, it's free right now. If you're not a PS Plus member, get it. Get yep. the Nathan Drake collection. You'll absolutely love it. And then, man, Ford's beautiful. Lost oh, Legacy's God, beautiful. Yes. But you know what? We're gonna save all of this for a podcast some other time because. Yep. Sadly, once again, um, I don't need to really give an update on my games because we kind of talked about them a little bit. So let's go <laughs> ahead and uh, I'm just going to fly past my part. Let's go ahead and wrap up. <laughs> um, all these links will be in the description, but if you want to support us, you can support us on Patreon or PayPal. Um, Patreon's a monthly thing. 
PayPal as a one-off thing if you want to do it. Um, if you can't do that, if you can't help us financially, which is fine, we'd love to have a review or a rating. Yep. Uh, rating very easily. Just click that five-star button on the app that you're listening to. If we're not five stars, just lie. Just fucking lie. <laughs> we're okay with you lying. Okay, it's not gonna hurt yep. anything. But like I said, and a review really helps us out. And then we do have merchandise on our websites. Um, Zelda merchandise on the Zelda website. All kinds of video game merchandise on the TGPC Gaming website. And we may earn a commission on purchases through our links. And Red, do you want to kind of talk about our Facebook, our YouTube, our Discord, social media, all that good stuff? Well, I think you just did, but... Uh, <laughs> well, we don't know we the do names of them. We do have a couple of Facebook groups out there. We have Gaming Realm, where we talk about all video game stuff. And we have Zelda Realm, which, as its name implies, is uh, focused on Zelda. You can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, we have a Discord, uh, several Discord servers where we talk about, you know, Zelda We only have stuff. one server. Sorry, one server, lots of different, what are they called, channels? Channels, yeah, channels. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we talk about all kinds of gaming stuff. You know, it, it goes, we got PCs, PlayStation, Nintendo, Microsoft, you know, we talk about everything on there. And of course, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and as we mentioned, we're on Facebook as well. So I hope everyone continues to stay safe. Uh, hopefully next week we don't start out with so much negativity. As well, don't much fuck as up, I like GameStop. Do something good for once, GameStop. We want hey, to we, get on here and We hope to have good news. <laughs> and Google Stadia, you better be good too because I'm going to look at Google. I'm going to Google Google Stadia. And you better do be good this week too because if you're not, we're going to go off on YouTube next week. But like Red yep. said, everybody stay, stay safe. Stay healthy, get you some gaming in during this whole isolation, and we'll see you on the next episode.